Good morning. The scripture today is from Isaiah 43:16 through 19. The Lord said, Who makes the way of the sea, the path in the mighty waters? Who brings out chariot and horse, army and battalions? They will lie down together and will not rise. They will be extinguished, extinguished like a wick. Don't remember the prior things. Don't ponder ancient history. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert, pass in the wilderness. This is the word of God for the people of God. So my three-year-old Parker, a couple weeks ago at lunch, after church, started singing as only she can. I will sing forever of his yove come down. With my hands to heaven shout your praises loud. I was lost in darkness till he pulled me out. I will sing forever of his yove come down. And the thing is, I didn't teach her that song. You did. One of you did. In worship that day, while my daughter was entrusted to your care, you taught that little girl to sing praises to God. That's what it looks like to fulfill our baptismal covenant. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And God bless those of you who are invested in making this baptismal covenant real because it changes the world and it certainly made a difference in one little girl. I heard it. I heard it. Um, most weeks, as I'm in preparation for Sunday, I, I feel as if there is something powerful that God is trying to communicate. I felt that especially this week. And I just, I want to name that in front of you this morning. Um, in part to help prepare your lives and hearts to hear what God may have to say to us today. Um, and in, in that spirit, I simply want to invite you to join me in a brief prayer as we begin our time of pro- prophetic uh, prophecy today. Uh, Holy God, it really is this simple. We ask that you would change our lives so we can go forth and transform the world so that all creation can reflect your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. This morning we are concluding our uh, Advent series uh, called A Christmas Carol based on the timeless work of, um, of fiction that was wrought back in uh, 1843. Um, the the last specter that Ebenezer Scrooge engages is the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And he takes Ebenezer Scrooge on this journey of of future happenstance, things that that are to be. And one of the stops that they make along the journey is uh, Ebenezer overhearing a conversation between two men. And one man says to the other, "I wonder who he left all that money to. He didn't have any friends." And the other man says. Well, I don't know who he left it to, but I I can't imagine that anyone's going to go to his funeral. And the first guy replies, oh, I'll go if they're serving lunch. The ghost then takes him to uh, another scene where there are all of these street vendors in the middle of winter in downtown London, and they are ripping these beautiful tapestries into rags to sell. And one of them looks at a woman standing nearby who is Ebenezer Scrooge's maid, and he says, Did you did you take the pajamas off his body and the very blankets off his bed? To which the maid responds, Oh, 
he won't be cold anymore. Ebenezer saw all these things that he'd been working for his whole life, literally being torn into shreds. And then, of course, the most enigmatic scene with the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Ebenezer Scrooge is taken to a graveyard. And the, the spirit simply points to a gravestone. Scrooge goes and looks at the gravestone. And written on the stone are simply two words, Ebenezer Scrooge. It doesn't say, dear friend. It doesn't say, beloved husband. Simply, Ebenezer Scrooge. And what we come to understand in this moment, if we're paying close attention to the stories, and this is part of the beauty of Dickens, Dickens teaches us that Ebenezer Scrooge really isn't so much afraid of death. Ebenezer Scrooge is afraid that he has wasted his life. And this causes him to be terrified, repentant, broken. He falls to his knees. He begins to weep. And when he looks up, this happens. You know, one of the reasons I think, uh, I think the story's written 175 years ago. Why in the world does it endure in a different culture halfway across the world? Why? Why? Here's why. I don't think that, that the Christmas Carol is inspirational to us still today simply because it's a great story, though it is a great story. And I don't think it's just because it has compelling characters, though it has incredibly compelling characters. I think the reason A Christmas Carol is so powerful still today is because it teaches us that change is possible. Change is possible in this world. Uh, we, We find in microcosm with Ebenezer Scrooge what happens through the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to bring change in our lives. But there is a problem. Uh, see, the Christmas Carol facilitates change through Ebenezer Scrooge by virtue of the fact that he gets visited by three ghosts on Christmas Eve. And I'm guessing that is not likely to happen to us, right? I mean, I hope, I hope we all get visited by one jolly old soul on Christmas Eve, but... Three ghosts is probably a little much to expect. So then the question is, okay, change is possible. We see it in the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, but how can that kind of change, wholesale change, happen in my life? And in order to talk about that, I actually have to put a Christmas carol on pause this morning. And and to talk about how change happens in our lives around Christmas, I need to tell you a different story. Now, this is one of my favorite stories in the world. It was written by a man named Rabbi Edwin Friedman. And it's a story about a traveler and a bridge. There's a man who'd given much thought to what his life should look like. He'd experienced moods and trials, experimented with different ways of living. He'd had his share of successes and failures. And at last, he found clarity surrounding what God was calling him to do. Diligently, he searched for the right opportunity. Sometimes he came close, only to be pushed away. Often he applied all of his strength 
and imagination only to find the path hopelessly blocked. And then, at last, it came. The journey of a lifetime was in front of him, but the opportunity would not wait. It would be made available only for a short time, and if he didn't commit, the opportunity wouldn't come again. Eager to arrive, our traveler started on his journey. With each step, he became happier. Vibrance, exuberance he hadn't felt since youth returned to him with every single step. Hurrying along, at one point in his journey, he comes across a bridge. It's built next to a small town. It's built high above the river below so that the spring floods could never touch it. Our traveler begins to journey across the bridge. And as he does, he sees someone else coming towards him. He realizes as the two men draw closer to one another, our traveler sees that he does not know the other, though they're dressed similarly, except the other has a rope tied around his waist. A substantial amount of rope, if uncurled, it might go 30 or 40 feet. As they draw still closer, the other says to our traveler, Pardon me, sir. Would you be so kind as to hold on to this end of my rope for me for just a moment? Struck by the kindness that the other displayed, our traveler agrees, even though he's in a hurry. He grabs the rope. The other says, now hold on tightly with both hands. Our traveler acquiesces. And without any further warning, warning, the other jumps off the bridge. Our traveler is shocked by this as he feels all the slack taken out of the rope. He's pulled towards the edge of the bridge, almost over the bridge. Finally, he, he writes himself and he looks over and he says, what, what in the world are you doing? The man replied, just, just hold tight. But this is ridiculous, said our traveler. He began trying to haul the other in. He couldn't get leverage. It was as if the weight of the other person and the length of the rope had been carefully calculated in advance so that together they created the perfect counterweight just beyond the traveler's strength to bring the other back to safety. Why did you do this? The traveler called out. Remember, said the other, if you let go, I'll be lost. But I can't pull you up, cried the traveler. I'm your responsibility now said the other. But I didn't ask for this, the traveler said. If you let go, I'll be lost. The traveler began to look around for help, but there was no one coming. How long would he have to wait, and why did this have to happen to him just now, just as he was on the verge of fulfilling his destiny? He examined the side of the bridge, searching for a place to tie the rope. Some protrusion, perhaps, maybe a, a hole in the boards, but the railing was unusually uniform in shape. There were no spaces between the boards, no way to get rid of the newfound burden, even temporarily. What do you want? The traveler leaned over the bridge and screamed. Just your help, the other answered. But how can I help you? I can't pull you up and there's no place to tie the rope so I can go and get help. I know all of that. Just hang on, that'll be enough. In fact, you should tie the rope around your waist. It'll make things easier. Fearing that his arms could not hold out much longer, the traveler indeed tied the rope around his waist and then he leaned over the side and said, Why did you do this? Don't you see what you have done? 
What possible purpose could you have had in mind? Just remember, said the other, my life is in your hands. What should I do? The traveler thought. If I let go all my life, I'll know that I let this man die. If I stay, I forfeit my destiny. Either way, this will haunt me forever. With ironic humor, the traveler thought to throw himself off the bridge as well. He thought, this will teach that fool. But he wanted to live. He wanted to live fully. How could I ever decide? What a choice I have to make, said the traveler. As time went on, still no one came, and the critical moment of decision was drawing near to show his commitment to his own calling. The traveler would have to continue on his journey. It was already almost too late to get there in time. But what a terrible choice he'd have to make. A new thought occurred to him. While he couldn't pull the other up solely by his own efforts, if the other would shorten the rope by his end by curling around his waist again and again together, they could do it. Actually, the other could do it by himself if our traveler simply remained steady, providing a counterweight. Now listen, shouted the traveler. I have a plan. He explained the plan, and the one below said, I'm not interested. You mean you won't help me help you? But I told you I can't pull you up, said the traveler. And I don't think I can hang on much longer. You must try, the other shouted back in tears. If you fail, I'll die. Then the point of decision arrived. What should he do? My life or the other's life? And then a new idea, a revelation, so new in fact it seemed heretical, for it was so different from his traditional way of thinking. I want you to listen carefully, said the traveler, because I mean what I am about to say. I will not accept responsibility or the position of, cho- your, of choice for your life any longer, only for my own. The position of responsibility and choice for your life, I hereby give back to you. What do you mean? shouted the man from beneath the bridge. I mean simply it's up to you. You decide which way this ends. I will become the counterweight. You do the pulling and bring yourself up. I'll even tug a little from my end. The traveler began to unwind the rope from his waist. He braced himself anew against the side. You cannot mean what you say, said the other. You wouldn't be so selfish. I'm your responsibility. What could be so important that you would let someone go? Do not do this to me. The traveler waited a moment. There was no change in the tension. I accept your choice, the traveler said. And he let go of the rope. What's the moral of the story? Jesus Christ has a purpose for your life. 
God has given purpose, destiny to your life, just like mine. In fact, one of the reasons we experience the advent of Jesus Christ on the earth is because God wants to restore us to the position from which we can have the opportunity to fulfill our destiny. God has given us a purpose in this world. And one of the things we can count on, one of the things we can be certain of is that when we gain clarity around our purpose, when we start journeying down the road to fulfill what God has called us to do, there are going to be some things that try and hold us back. Ebenezer Scrooge experienced this. His mission in life, his journey was stalled by greed and isolation until he was willing to let go of those ropes. We began the journey of Advent by talking about the fact that there are some chains only Jesus Christ can break. And we conclude this series by acknowledging the truth that there are some ropes only we can let go of. Some of the ropes are personal sin that we need to confess. The Bible tells us very clearly if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But often, the ropes in our lives which hold us back are often ropes of dysfunction in relationships around us. And we need to let go of some ropes. And letting go of the rope doesn't mean that we kick people out of our lives that would be antithetical to God's intended purpose for us. Rather, to let go of ropes means that we are very honest about what we will hold responsibility for and what we will not hold responsibility for. Rarely is this confusion of boundaries so pronounced as it is with families who have a family member that suffers with substance abuse. Addiction is growing rapidly in our society, and those families who have people in their lives facing addiction know that the longer we hold on to the ropes of our loved ones, the more we enable them. One of the reasons that we have begun Naranon is to act as a support group for families in difficult situations with people who are engaged in substance abuse. Our Naranon group meets every Wednesday night, but it doesn't have to be simply situations with substance abuse. Most of us have the experience where someone has tried to give us more responsibility for their lives than is healthy. And maybe we've actually been somebody who has given more responsibility to someone else than is healthy. There are times that adult children demand too much of their parents. There are times that senior adult parents prematurely depend on their children. And the challenge when we accept more responsibility for another than is healthy, such behavior leaves us exhausted and unable to fulfill the call God has placed on our lives. How do we change these unhealthy types of relationships into healthy ones? What do we do when these unhealthy relationships hold us back from fulfilling the purpose God had placed in our lives? We let go of some ropes. You know, the Bible talks about letting go of some ropes. I mean, it doesn't use the same language, but uh, Jesus called it uh, shaking the dust from our sandals. Just shake it off. Did you just quote Taylor Swift, Pastor? No, no. This is, this is long before Tay-Tay, right? Jesus, Jesus sends out his disciples to the Judean countryside and with a charge, a, a mission, a purpose, a destiny. He says, I want you to go and proclaim the good news to all the towns and hamlets around these hills. 
And if you walk into the town and they receive your message, let your peace rest on them. But if they don't, then I charge you to shake the dust from your sandals and move on. Now, the truth is, I've always thought that seemed kind of judgmental of Jesus. Because when I heard Jesus say, shake the dust from your sandals, it felt to me like Jesus was saying, if they don't receive your message, condemn them and move on to the next town. But as I reflect on the scripture passage, you know, I think there's a better interpretation of the text. See, what I know about me is, I have never made anything beautiful out of dust. Have you? Is there anybody in this room that wants to invite all of us over and say, look at this beautiful thing I made out of dust? I can't make anything out of dust. And you can't make anything out of dust. You know who can make things out of dust? God. You remember in Genesis chapter 2, God kneels down and forms the dust of the earth into the crown jewel of all creation. You. I can't make anything beautiful out of the dust, and you can't make anything beautiful out of the dust. God can make things that are beautiful out of the dust. God does it all the time. And when it comes time, when there are moments in our lives we find ourselves face to face with such dysfunction in our relationships and we've given everything that we can possibly give. There are times when we need to shake the dust from our sandals. And that does not mean we condemn the people around us. To let go of the ropes, to shake the dust from our sandals is not a a judgment of condemnation against those around us. It's simply a recognition of the limitation of our own power. God, I can't fix this one. Only you can. I can't make anything beautiful out of the dust, and you can't make anything beautiful out of the dust. But God can. Yeah. There are some chains in our lives that only Jesus Christ can break, but friends, there are some ropes that only we can let go of. Some are sinful practices. Others are relationships with poor boundaries which require loving but difficult conversations. I love the prophecy we heard read from Isaiah. I love the prophet Isaiah, his many, many messianic prophecies about Jesus. I love that when he says, make straight your paths because every valley is going to get exalted and every mountain will be made low. I love what he says this morning. He says that God is doing something new. God is coming to facilitate change in this world, in your life, and in my life. What happens in microcosm with Ebenezer Scrooge is the truth found in Jesus. Change is possible. And as we come to the end of yet another year in our lives, I believe that there are some people maybe in this room are certainly connected to us who ask themselves the question, is this all there is? I feel like I've been created for something greater. Is this it? No. 
There is a purpose for your life. A destiny. And it can't wait. It can't take a back seat anymore. Two weeks ago, we spoke about Jesus breaking chains. We can't. Last week, we heard that there is purpose for our lives. And this morning, we find out that this is the moment to take the steps to fulfill that destiny. Make straight the paths. Let the valleys be exalted. Let the mountains be made low. The chain breaker is coming with a purpose for your life and mine, but to fulfill that purpose. We're going to have to let go of some ropes. Ebenezer Scrooge finds that change is possible and redemption can come. What we must know is that Jesus Christ did not simply come to get us out of hell and into heaven. Heaven is the cherry on top of Salvation Sunday. Jesus Christ came to this earth so that we could live lives that are worth living here and into eternity. And if I find myself today struggling to encounter that purpose that God has for my life, if I'm finding that life is not abundant, that I'm not striving to reach my destiny, What is holding me back? Perhaps today is the day we decide to let go of the ropes and we realize that the journey of a lifetime is waiting for us. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for these, your beautiful, beloved children. I thank you for the blessedness that they bring to the world. We acknowledge, O oh God, that there are gifts that you have given to us. A purpose, a destiny that you've laid out for us. Not every decision is made, but you have a dream for us. And there are times that Times we have allowed ourselves to be stalled on that journey. Maybe that stalling has come because of sin in our lives. Help us confess that sin this very day. Maybe we have found ourselves holding the rope for someone plagued by a dysfunctional relationship. Give us the grace to let go of those ropes. Give us the grace to shake that dust, to give those people back into your care, remembering that you alone make beautiful things from the dust. Thank you for the gift of change that comes through Jesus Christ, for the complete assurance that our lives matter, and for the beautiful journey that lies in front of us. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ and always for the sake of his kingdom. Amen.